We're now joined uh, by the journalist Salwa Omar, an acclaimed journalist with 17 years' experience in war zones in the Middle East, and has produced multi-award-winning documentaries. She was able to interview a Gazan journalist, Amjad Quadri, on the ground. This, I mean, you have experienced uh, previous attacks on Gaza, previous Israeli aggression, as well as many other things. This is of a different scale, though, isn't it? I haven't been to Gaza. I have worked in the Middle East. I've been to other war zones. Um, and I have filmed in other war zones. However, uh, having said that, <clears throat> I don't believe Gaza is a war zone. I believe it is a concentration camp. Um, and the very definition of a concentration camp by the Cambridge Dictionary is a place where large numbers of people are kept as prisoners in extremely bad conditions, especially for political reasons. And that's what we see today when we look at these images. Um, that is what we see today <clears throat> when we see children that are running from place to place with no safe zone. There are no safe zones in Gaza. Uh, there are, Israel has warned of some of the attacks. So we have, I believe we have seen leaflets um, dropped from planes for the residents of Gaza, which ask them to, um, go to a different location however what we've seen in the last couple of days is that the locations they were sent to were also bombed so it feels as though other than that there's no safe place for gaza it feels as though this is not an accident this is very deliberate the latest uh, casualty figures have been released by the, uh, the gaza media office uh, is yes. 16,284 dead of whom 7,112 are children and 4,885 were women. They're chilling figures. They are, they are. And if you look at the time, the time frame for this is 60 days. And if we look at other wars that have occurred, um, in, in some of the wars that have occurred that were very, very violent and had many losses, we didn't see that amount of civilian casualties across the whole of the war. Um, so what we're seeing in 60 days, 16,000 dead in 60 days. Um, and we have heard Israel say that it will continue for two months or for as long as it needs to. So if we calculate those figures, every two months, we will have another 16,000. Um, and I think the question that a lot of people have raised is how many Palestinian lives are enough? for the world to say, do not, do not bomb defenseless civilians. What is the number that we are willing as a society? <clears throat> what is the number that we are willing as an inter international community to reach in order to say no more? Is, is there a number? There may not be a number. Um, and that is the worry. The number may be 2 million um, people in Gaza. That may be the number. Um, I don't believe that um, the deaths have been accidental. I have been very closely following this. And we, we know that some of the hospitals were in the news, such as El Shifa Hospital. However, um, Israel claimed there were tunnels under El Shifa Hospital. That's a claim. I'm not sort of going to go into that at this moment. But what I will say is 
that 20 hospitals were attacked by Israel. It wasn't one, it wasn't two, it wasn't three. 20 hospitals across Gaza have now been rendered out of order. So it is almost impossible in such a small space for these 20 hospitals to all have tunnels beneath them. It seems that targeting of hospitals was part of the ethnic cleansing of Gaza. If if you are injured, you are very likely to die if there is no hospital to um, to treat you. And that's unfortunately what we have seen. I have spoken to doctors on the ground who wept because they had to perform amputations for children. And one of the doctors wept and he said to me, I just needed anti I just needed antiseptic. It's a simple bottle. It costs two dollars. But because Israel will not allow that through, because of the in infection that sort of spreads throughout the body, the only chance to save the child was to amputate the arm and leg. And he had to do that without anesthetic. And he said, I wept, the child wept, and the father of the child wept. And he said, there is no way that anybody can tell me that we live in a civilized world ever again. And he is absolutely correct. Because I believe very strongly, I think your question at the beginning was, how does Gaza differ to other war zones? Or, you know, what, what are we seeing here that, that we may not have seen in other war zones? Um, I think what we're seeing here is that 30,000 sorry 300,000 civilians currently are in UN schools um, they have been displaced none of those schools even though they're protected by the UN none of them are safe and some of them have already been bombed so I think what we're looking at is a a genocide without a shadow of a doubt and even though to some this may seem controversial and you know Israel has sort of said that this is a hideous claim however it the definition the UN definition of genocide is that you killing members of a particular group causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of a particular group deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part, forcibly transferring children of the group to another group. There is, in order to have a genocide, I believe you only need one of those. What, we, what we're seeing now, the transfer of people from place to place, the forcible transfer. Yes, um, I, I think that um, what's happening in the Western media is that because so few voices are speaking out, that when one does, they are marginalized and they are seen as overreacting or perhaps even racist, anti-Semitic. These are all things that have been um, thrown out at people who have said the word genocide. But again, I, I want to stress one thing. Um, there is a definition of genocide that the UN has set and that the Geneva Conventions have set. Um, this definition, fits Gaza better than it has fit any other conflict in our modern history. So 
what's interesting also is that um, we have th this didn't just occur prior to this we had this is a human catastrophe without a shadow of a doubt this is a humanitarian crisis however i'd like to read a quote by Giora eland former head of israeli national security council and the quote is as follows creating a severe humanitarian crisis in gaza is a necessary means to achieve the goal this was said as Gaza was being obliterated. So what we are now seeing is a humanitarian crisis. And what Israel has said is that it wanted to create, again, I'm going to repeat the quote, creating a severe humanitarian crisis, not just any humanitarian crisis, a severe humanitarian crisis in Gaza is a necessary means to achieve the goal. They have said what they have, they've set out to do. They have already told us. So it, so when someone like Jeremy Corbyn um, and others who have come out and said, this is a genocide and they are met with backlash, this is very interesting because they have already told us that they planned a genocide. They have already told us they planned a humanitarian crisis to achieve the goal. What goal could be achieved from fear humanitarian crisis other than to make people suffer, other than to make people starve, other than to make people desperate? What other goal could be achieved? And if we see what is happening in Gaza today, not as a war between Hamas and Israel, but as Israel's goal for this region. This, what we're seeing, this desperation, somebody sat in a room, a group of people sat in a room and discussed how to make this devastation and desperation. These children that we're seeing, these desperate children that have seen things that we can barely imagine we are all traumatized watching from our screens and these children have lived through this. Somebody sat in a room and calculated this. Somebody made this happen. This is not a natural catastrophe. So even though Jeremy Corbyn is one of lone voices at the moment, he's one of few people that we will be remembered in history as having been on the right side. Just because not many people speak out doesn't mean that's not the truth. If we look out, if we look back at history, if we look at the Holocaust, if somebody joined the Holocaust in Nazi Germany spoke out in defense of the Jews, they were deemed as a traitor. The news deemed them as a traitor, the people, the neighbors, everybody. But how do we now look back at those voices? How do we now look back? nearly 80 years on, those voices who said, no, do not do this. This, this goes against humanity. Jeremy Corbyn's voice is one of those voices. And I... sorry, there's just one other quote that I, I wanted to, um, I would like to, to uh, say, and it's, it's from um, Tali Gutliv, and she is a member of the Israeli uh, Knesset. 
And she said, use doomsday weapons against Gaza. Doomsday. And that is what we're seeing. They are not targeting Hamas. Doomsday means make everybody suffer. The last thing I would like to just add to that is <clears throat> Israeli officials have actually said there are no innocents in Gaza. This translates to 2.3 million civilians seen as and deemed as terrorists. So when Israel says we are fighting terrorists, they've told us that what they think is a terrorist is a Palestinian who lives in Gaza, including one million children. So when, when a criminal tells you, I'm going to destroy you, I'm going to kill you, and then they do that, it is premeditated, it is calculated, and that is what we're seeing. To deny that, to deny that is complicity in these crimes. These are not crimes we have seen before in our history. And if I may, <clears throat> there is this sort of um, consensus that this is a war between Hamas and Israel. This is a war that started on the 7th of October. And prior to that, we are led to believe that everything was perfect between Israel and the Palestinians. No mention of Israel's war crimes before September, before October the 7th. We are led to believe that this started on that day. And this did not. This started in 1948, when 15,000 Palestinians were massacred in order to take land. This is Israel's history. To deny that is, is complicity. I think, we have, is, I think we have an image that you wanted to, uh, to talk about. Let's see it on, and please talk us through this, the, why you wanted to have this particular image. Yes, I recall um, during the um, siege on the Shifa hospital, um, we, we were devastated because we had colleagues inside the hospital that were trapped. Um, we knew that Israel has surrounded the hospital. We knew that the injured, all of whom were on intensive care, died because Israel wouldn't let fuel in. And yet the doctors in the hospital wrote this on their hand. And to have this kind of strength, courage and defiance in the face of the most horrific circumstances, you cannot beat a nation that knows death is not the end. The people in Gaza are not afraid of death. They are afraid to live under the circumstances that we have allowed them to live. But these are people that are willing to stay on their land and to die on their land. Today, as you mentioned, the journalist I spoke to, Amjad, I said to him, he, they are not so far from the border. And I said, will you try to leave? He has family in Egypt. I said, so you will try to leave. They have no food, no water, no medicine. They are running from place to place. His answer was, no, this is where we belong. And I said, but you could die any minute. And he said, that is up to God, but this is our home. And you cannot have that kind of conviction. Israelis did not have that conviction. 
we saw the airports in Israel packed after the 7th of October. They all, most of those people, were leaving. They do not have this kind of conviction. Palestinians do. And that's why they won't be defeated, even though, even though the world's strongest armies have, have come together against an unarmed civilian population. We have Britain that has joined the war. We have France and Germany. We have the United States of America and we have Israel. The strongest armies in the world have come together against this very small plot of land. Okay, Salwa Omar, thank you very much for joining us and your moving account of what you've uh, told, of the reports you've had from Gaza and the image that you shared with us.